0: Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, tonight, if you would, open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5. Amen. I've got some kind of strong word again tonight. It just seems like God always has wanting me to challenge all of us, and it's uh, a good thing. It's never a bad thing. We need to change. We need to do things differently. You can't be living on the faith that you had five years ago. You've got to build your faith. You go from faith to faith, just like you go from glory to glory. Amen? So you just are moving through things, moving through phases all the time. You're advancing and going forward, praise God. Hallelujah. And so... uh, With the times that we're living in right now, it's uh, really hard sometimes to see God at work. Sometimes we are focused on what we're seeing in the natural and not on the things that are in the spirit. Well, we're supposed to be spirit beings, aren't we? And so we're supposed to be living by the spirit and not what the circumstances are around us. But that doesn't mean that they're just easy to ignore. They're there. Amen. And sometimes it seems like uh, we're putting up with a lot of things that we ought not have to, but yet we are. Praise God. And so uh, it all comes down to this, and this is what we're going to talk about tonight, is a willingness to fight. A willingness to fight for what's yours, for what God has already given you. See, you are not fighting to cause a victory to take place. The victory has already been given to you. But, to see it manifest in your life, in my life, we got to lay hold of some things. Amen? you gotta, you got to take them, praise God. You can't just wish for them. you got to aggressively go after them and do your part, me doing my part each one of us doing what God has called us to do so that we can see the fruition of everything that God has called us to. Amen? And everybody wants to be blessed, right? There's not a one of us that said, no, 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 you know, I've, I've had all the blessing I need, you know. I got that back in, you know, 1985, and I'm doing just fine on it yet. <laughs> Amen? Well, if you got blessed that much in 1985, whoo! Hallelujah, that's good, but I'm telling you that God always has more. This is a year more, isn't it? And so God has more for us, but we've got to be willing to go after it and do what we're supposed to be doing. Hallelujah. So that's what, kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. And so we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 5, and uh, I'll read, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version, praise God, and we're going to start... In verse 12, are you there? It says this, this is the Apostle Paul talking, he says, For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. Amen? Hallelujah. So, we should be at a time now where we are able to teach others, show them the ropes, so to speak. Instead of you and I happen to be coddled along, hallelujah, just barely making it, just from one day to the next, not knowing if we're going to get there or not, hallelujah. See, we've, we should have advanced more than that. <coughs> Praise God. Verse 13 says, For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action, for he is a mere infant not able to talk yet. Verse 14, But solid food is for full-grown men or people. For those whose senses and mental faculties are trained By practice, see? By practice. To discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary. Now listen to this. Either to divine or human law. Amen? You and I need to be able to distinguish. And I find it... Amazing to me how many believers are allowing themselves to be deceived into believing something that is contrary to this word. Amen? And not just things that are in the spirit realm, but also things in the natural realm as well. Believing things and, you know, voting for people who have certain types of mindsets, Hallelujah, just because they promised them something that they'll never be able to keep. You got to know that. Hallelujah. If it's all that rosy, it's not going to be that way. Praise God. So we've got to start to exercise and come out from this thing of being just able to be told something and so gullible that we believe it. it. It amazes me. How many people will just believe anything that anybody tells them? Because they look like they, they, you know, they went to college. They got a degree. Amen? They got letters after their name. Amen? But it says here that you and I, through the word of God, are, should be able to do that. Now, let's look at this in chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us go on and get past, amen, the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Amen? we got to get past some things. you got to get past your past. Amen? You know, whenever I first got bar- born again, uh, you know, it was great until about the second or third day whenever Satan tried to come to steal the word out of me and, and put things in front of me to try to trip me up. Amen? And whenever I fell for him, I, I cried like a baby on the floor. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do now? Do you, know, do you see that? Has anybody else experienced that other than me? Hallelujah. Well, I guess the rest of you are a lot more holier than me. (laughs) Praise God. But we got to get past these things. Get past the idea. I I still know some believers who have a hard time believing that they're saved. Amen? They They struggle with that. That's about as elementary of a teaching that there is. We've got to get past that because there are some things out there now that we need to be going after that are much more involved. Hallelujah. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works and of the faith by which you turn to God. Amen. You've, You've got to quit trying to always go back to the beginning again. You know, well, you fell here, so I guess I got to go all the way back here to the beginning and start again. Amen. That's not what repentance is all about. Repentance is, is that you know you've done wrong, you go before God and repent, and you start from right there. You don't go back, you start from right there and go forward. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the thing that you and I are needing to get a hold of now more than ever is this idea that we can't be doing things the way we used to do them. We've got to get more aggressive. Amen. And I told you, this is not necessarily one day say, because it's going to put a demand on you and I like never before. I've seen it in my own life. God dealing with me on things. Amen? Does He ever deal with you? Amen. You shouldn't be doing that. You need to be doing this. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, as I was looking at that, I was remembering the children of Israel... How they were and what they went through from the time of the Exodus when they left Egypt going toward the promised land. They were all happy. They were all ready for it. They were all going after it. Amen. Until the trip got a little bit longer than what they thought. And things started going in a different direction. Amen. And they started following that direction, making a golden calf. Amen? And, and all these things. God telling them to do something. There were, there were two things that God always told them to do whenever they were going to get into a place of going into the promised land. He said, you got to go in and drive out the inhabitants of that land. And he also said this. He said, you have to utterly destroy them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if we do not destroy the enemy utterly, which means that there is no longer any visible proof of them, they're going to come back. We've seen this more than once. Amen? Seen it many times, praise God. I want us to look at this. Let's go to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. There was something in there... I was reading the other day, and it really, really uh, amazed me because so many people have an idea that God is this passive, you know, able to flow with things, and everything's cool with Him. Amen. And so when I seen this, I thought... Wow! Uh, God isn't exactly like that. Amen? Amen. All right. Now we're going to read some scripture here. So let's look at this in in Judges chapter 2. Is everybody there? We're going to start with verse 7. It says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord. That's very important. Experience. Seen God move, seen God work, which he had done in Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old and they buried him within the border of his inheritance. Not only, and I thought thought about this, not only did they bury Joshua physically, but they buried everything about him. Every act that he had done with God by his side, all of that was buried, all of that was gone. Joshua's no longer here. So they just forgot about everything that happened. During Joshua's time. They forgot about it. They just, they just buried it. Amen. And we go on to read that, so God raised up judges for Israel and it said that as long as the judges were alive, Israel followed the Lord. Amen. They followed Him. They did everything. But as soon as that judge died, then they would turn to wickedness amen because they forgot they forgot who God was there was no one there to teach him amen there was there was no uh, example of who God was anymore because that judge is gone bury him bury everything that went along with him do you see that Amen. And so it it goes on like this for quite a a while. They would get into trouble. They'd cry out to the Lord. And the Lord would rescue them, bring them out. That's, That's all through the Old Testament. All through it. It didn't happen once or twice or maybe even a half a dozen times. How many times was there a king and he did evil in the sight of the Lord? There were more, and because I I highlighted each one of them, there were more who did evil in the sight of God than those who did righteous things. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so they they had no example to go by. They had nothing to show for what they what had been fought for for them. Until God came to a place where he had enough. Amen? And so I want you to look at this. Uh, Let's see. Verse 20. And it says, Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers and has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died. He said, I'm not going to help them anymore. I'm not going to do it. Amen? Verse 22, So that through them, through who? The nations that were left, I may test Israel whether they will keep my ways, keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Therefore, the Lord left those nations without driving them out. I like the next word immediately. Amen. A little bit of hope interjected there. Amen nor did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua. Praise God. Now I said all this to get us to chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. Now these are the nations which the Lord left that he might test Israel by them. That is, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. So... This was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war. Wait a minute. I thought God was a God of peace. Yeah, He is. This, whenever I read this, and it was just like I read it for the first time, and I know I've read it more than once, it really jumped out at me. Because it's telling me that there, is a gener- there are generations who do not know how to handle the enemy. They don't know how to aggressively go into warfare against anything. Amen? They don't, they don't know how. He says that they might know war at least those who had not formerly known it. Amen. Generations who don't know how to fight. Amen. They don't know how to lay hold of what's rightfully theirs. They're willing to compromise. They're willing to blend in. Everything that God did for them. Amen. He gave them victory after victory whenever they would stand up to fight. Amen. To God, this freedom means everything. Your ability to be here tonight is because of the freedom that you have learned from this word. And you execute it. Amen? Hallelujah. Now I've got something, uh, Scott, if you would put that up on on the thing. I I want to read this, this quote to you. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States. Where men were free. Amen. President Reagan gave this excerpt from a speech from his first inaugural address as governor of California in 1967. That's a long time ago. And it is exactly the same thing that you and I need to be doing now as it was at that time. You don't just grab hold of freedom and then all of a sudden it's all taken care of and you don't have to do anything else. It says that it has to be fought for and protected and then handed down to the next generation for them to do the exact same thing. Amen. So we're not giving something on a silver platter to someone. Here you are, kids. We've done all the work. Now you get all the, all the good, goodies from it. No. No matter what it is in the kingdom of God, you and I have to fight for it. Amen. God has given us the victory. Amen. But you and I have to fight to keep that victory invoked. Do you see that? How important that is. We just can't, we as can't uh, expect someone else to do it for us. See, that's how I've been for so many years. Well, somebody will take care of that. Well, we'll get the right people in, in office and they'll do it, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for them, which we should, of course. Amen. Pray for those who are in authority. Amen. But there just might be some things that you and I need to do to help this along other than that. Hallelujah. And so that's, that's the thing that we're wanting to do. That's the thing that President Reagan wanted us to know, don't take for granted, just because it was fought for and, and given to you, that that's the end of it. Amen? Every generation has had people who have fought and died for freedom. Amen? Starting with our Lord Jesus he fought and died and was resurrected for the freedoms that you and I have right at this moment. Amen. So important that we don't allow what was given to us, that we don't give it to the next generation. It is no wonder that when the Israelites, when they had a victory, there was always a memorial that was... Set up. And it says, so that whenever your children ask you what that means, you can tell them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. So that you could show them who fought for. You know, that's why we have memorials in Washington, D.C. For the men and women who fought and died to protect our freedoms. This is just following along with the example that Jesus himself did. Amen. And so we just can't stand casually by and expect everything just to be all great from now on. Amen. I know it's awful quiet and these are not exactly things that I just wanted to speak, but... Whenever I read that, I thought, there's a whole generation who doesn't know anything about warfare. Well, let's give peace a chance. See, that's what the hippies said, you know. Make love, not war. Look what it got them. Amen? Of course there's a balance between peace and war. Of course there is. And we'll look at something about that in just a little bit. But you got to know how to warfare. You got to know how to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter twenty. You know this one, but uh, it's good. Hallelujah. Verse 1 The people of Moab with the people of Amnon and others with them besides the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Let's go down to verse 3 And Jeho- Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. <coughs> Did you see what happened? Fear caused him to seek God, not run. Fear caused him to seek the Lord not run away and hide. Amen. Verse 6. O Lord God of our fathers, you are, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to stand, withstand you? Are you not this God? Are you not the God who brought us out of Egypt? Are you not the God who fed us in the wilderness? Are you not the God who delivered us from every enemy that stood in our way? Are you not that God? Amen. Verse 7, are you not our God? Oh, I like that. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. Verse 9. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Glory to God. Man, talk about confidence. Hallelujah. What was he doing? He was recounting the victories that they had gotten through God. Are you not that same God now? Have you changed in some way? Are you now weaker than what you used to be? Amen. God himself says in Malachi chapter 3, he said, I am the Lord and I change not. I don't change. Amen. Your perception of me may change, but I don't change. That's why he said, are you not the same one? He wasn't questioning like, are you sure you're the same one? No. You are the same one. You are that God. Amen. And if we cry out to you, you'll save us. Hallelujah. Amen. Now that's confidence that you and I need to have, praise God. Let's go and look at this in verse 11. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession. Amen. Can you imagine what it would be like if, if some government agency... Don't act like this is so far-fetched it can never happen because I have even heard of inklings of such things happening. I mean, the, the government's already wanting anyone who has a good credit report to pay a higher premium to pay for someone else's house. What would you do if, if a, the arm of the law came to your house and said, you can't live here anymore? What do you mean I can't live here? I, my, my name is on the, on the deed. I make the payments on this house. Well, that may be, but you can't live here no more. Amen. Don't act like it couldn't happen. It could happen. The world is that crazy right now that they think that anything that they imagine it's like the tar Babel. That's why God had to come down and, and confuse their language. He said, if they put their minds together, they'll be able to do anything they want. Amen. Hallelujah. But if the church is like Jehoshaphat, they're not going to give in to this. You're not taking me. Amen. You're not, you're not taking me off my land. You're not giving my land to some lazy, good-for-nothing bum who don't want to work. Amen. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's read on. Verse 12, it says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Amen. Our eyes are upon you. We don't know what to do. But we're looking to you for the answers. Amen? Hallelujah. We've got to start doing some things differently. All right, I need to, I need to move on here. Praise God. Verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, and all them other people, Amen? And he said, listen all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid or dismayed. That's number one. Don't get in fear of what's going on around you. Don't get in fear. Amen. Lay that to the side. You've not been given the spirit of fear. Because of this great multitude, number two is this: The battle is not yours but God's." Hallelujah. Number three is in verse 16, "Tomorrow go out go down against them. Wait a minute. If the battle is yours, God, why don't you go down and fight them? We'll just stay here." Amen, how are you going to learn to war? if you're sitting in your house, with the blankets over your heads. You learn by example. God was going to show them the greatest example of how to defeat your enemy that they had ever saw. Amen. All they had to do was go there. Show up. Amen. Did you know that just by showing up, the sheer number of people showing up for something can determine the outcome of something? Amen. Did you know that uh, if if there's something going on at city hall that you don't like, just the sheer number of all of those who oppose it, who show up, they're going to think twice about it if they got any brains. Amen. Show up. Amen. Hallelujah. You just might have something to say. Oh, I don't... Oh, I can never do that. How do you know? How do you know that? Amen. You, you will know that when you've been pushed to the limit... Of what you're going to endure. Amen. Then you'll do something. That's what's happened here. We don't know what to do. We have no strength against these people. But our eyes are on you. Amen. Then Then verse 17 is number four. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. You don't need to fight. Boy, you know, all I have to do is show up. I don't have to fight. I just show up. Amen. See, that, that's great. I like that. I don't like to fight. I never was a fighter. Amen. Wasn't much of a lover either, but I was never a fighter. I get beat up on the bus all the time. Because I wouldn't lash out or do anything. I let them do their deal. Maybe they'll leave me alone the next time. Which they never did. They figured they had a good one here. They're going to really do, do a number on this one. Amen. Hallelujah. Just stand there. You'll not need to fight in this battle. Because it's not yours. It's mine. But I need you there. You need to see what I'm going to do. Amen. You need to see it. You need to experience How. I'm going to do this. So that the next time this happens, you've got that to draw on. Amen? You've got that experience of how good I was. And if I did it once, I'll do it again. Amen. Isn't that good? God is so good. He just wants us to learn His ways. He wants us to learn His ways. Amen? Praise God. As I was uh, thinking about this, you know, about people's unwillingness to get involved in anything, it, it took me back, and believe me, I'm no, uh, no uh, resident scholar on World War II. We've got two on the front row who are, but I'm not. Amen. But I do know a few things. Hallelujah. Whenever Hitler invaded Poland in 1939... And World War II started because of that. Amen. Winston Churchill wanted to get the United States involved, but we were hands off. We didn't want anything to do with that. We'd had enough war. We just went through the Great War. Amen. So we didn't want anything to do with that. We had plenty to keep us occupied. Amen. And besides that, We had an entire ocean between us and Europe. Hallelujah. So they're not going to bother us. That's too much trouble to try to bother us. Amen. The best that Churchill could get out of Roosevelt at that time was that uh, they leased them some old broken down, warships and different things, stuff that we weren't using anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. With the, with the idea that after the war, we get it back. Well, that would be dumb. There wouldn't be nothing left to it. Amen. Praise God. So, we didn't want anything to do with that until everybody knows December 7th of 1941, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, which was a territory at that time of the United States, amen, killed over 2,000 people, civilians and service people, amen. So, of course, the next day, everything changed. At one time, they were thinking about bringing the draft back, because we didn't have enough people to fully support the things that need to be done. Well, the following day, they didn't have to do that no more. Amen. Men and women were enlisting by the thousands. Amen. I like what Churchill said about this. He said, now I can go to bed in peace. Amen. Hallelujah. He also said this. I thought this was so funny. He said, the United States will always do what is right after they have tried everything else. (laughs) And I thought, wow, how is that not like us? That we think we've got a plan and that we can do something, amen, without God's help. Amen. Praise God, that's good, isn't it? That's really good. Where am I at now? Amen. Turning the page. I don't know if you noticed or not, but when God spoke to the children of Israel, He talked about battles. He never talked about wars, amen? Wars can be insurmountable, too big, but a battle is doable. That's why He said, the battle is not yours, not the war, amen? But the battle is yours. Do you see that? Hallelujah. And so, getting back to a little bit of World War II, and we'll move on here. When we first got into the European theater, we lost a lot of battles at the beginning. Amen? And it just looked like (laughs) this is going to be the end of things. But then all of a sudden things started to change. Hallelujah. Things started to turn around and, and be different than what they were before. Now, in my estimation of this, that was the hand of God that was maneuvering things and causing things to take place. Amen? But what would have happened if we wouldn't have done anything. See, we had to wait until Satan came into our backyard before we'd done anything. Amen? Do we want him to get that close to our house? I'm just throwing stuff out. Everybody in here is a a free agent to do whatever they want. But I plead the blood over our house every day. Every day. Amen? I'm not going to let a scoundrel like him in my backyard. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Whatever I know I can do. Amen? And God's going God's to win the victory for me. Amen? Because Satan is stupid. Let's look at this. Let's, let's go and look at this in Matthew chapter 12. Amen. Come on, look alive out there. I'm almost done. Really, I am. I'm not going to get through it all, but that's all right. We'll, we'll hit the highlights because I don't want people passing out on me. Amen. I'm not saying these things to shake anybody up, necessarily. But I am saying these things to wake all of us up. We have a responsibility. Amen? If we don't do this freedom, it's just one generation away from becoming extinct. How close do you think we are right now? As, as close as we've ever been of losing not only our constitutional freedoms, but our religious freedoms as well. You already got a t- we already got a taste of that two years ago, whenever COVID hit. Amen? And so, they saw it worked once, we'll do something again. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you got to you got to stay in there, amen. Satan is going to win if no one is willing to fight. That's just the truth about it. Amen. Now are you at Matthew chapter 12? All right, let's look at this. We're going to look at verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. I, don't, I had never noticed this before, but he said, I'm going to return to my house. Amen. I've said this before. Don't ever think that Satan doesn't think he can never get you back again. Don't get so confident in what you think you know that you are above any onslaught. Because he still considers you his property. Amen. And he's not going to change that. So, what does he do? He comes back and he finds everything empty, swept, and put in order. It just looks so nice. We put on our good church clothes. We got our church Bible, the only time we ever open it. Amen. And we've washed the car, cleaned it out on the inside. We put on good smelly stuff so when we come in, everybody says, Whoa, what is that you've got on? Everything, but it's all empty. Doesn't mean squat. Amen. Doesn't mean anything. The Apostle Paul didn't smell like a fragrant rose. Amen. If he had a ride, it was a donkey, but most of the time he walked. And yet he was the most powerful of all the apostles. Do you see that? Amen. Hallelujah. So, We can't. We got. We got to find something to put back into us, and not just uh, an aura of everything proper. That's what church wants now. You know, properness. They don't want to get down to trenches anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. So I was talking about this a while ago about peace. I like something again that President Reagan brought up and I'm sure you remember this little gem of his. Peace through strength. Remember that? Peace through strength. He didn't say peace through compromise. He said peace through strength. And whenever... He said that it led to a total revitalization of our military. Our military has gone from highs to lows, middle to low, low to lower, amen, but never kept at the place all the time where it needed to be. Well, he started to change that. And his same sentiment was echoed by President Trump When he was on the campaign trail in 2016, he said this, and this is his quote, I'm going to build a military that's going to be much stronger than it is right now. It's going to be so strong, nobody's going to mess with us. And he did that. In four short years, he started to turn everything back around again, just like it's supposed to be. Amen? All because of peace through strength, and not peace through compromise. I, I, <coughs> sorry. Or Robert said this one time. He said, "Whatever you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose." Amen. So there can't be compromise, not when it comes to this. Amen. We got to stay strong on this. This is where this is where the fight begins and ends. In the word of God. Amen. It's very important for us to, to get that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So you've got to renew your mind. You can't be conformed to this world. Romans twelve two. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you think differently, you will act differently. Amen. If you think like the world, you're going to act like the world. But if you think like God, you're going to act like God. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is where things have been going on, this tug of war, and the church has just been so complacent. Not this church, but the church as a general. Amen? Not wanting to stir the waters. Well, even the angels stirred the waters. That's how people got healed. Amen? Hallelujah. So it's really, really important for us to fight what Timothy called fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Let's look at this. I want to look, look at this one in uh, 2 Timothy. Let's go there. We're almost done. You can say hallelujah. I won't mind. Oh, good. You didn't. Hallelujah. That means you want more. Amen? This isn't too deep, is it? No. Okay. All right. I didn't think it was. Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's look at that. Let's look at verse 3. You therefore must endure hardship. There you go. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Hallelujah. So who are we trying to please? The world or our commander-in-chief? Which one? Amen. The choice is ours. Do you see that? Amen. Very, very important. Praise God. All right. Let's see. Last thing. Last thing. Amen. Everybody can smile now. It's, it's going to be all right. Take a deep breath. I don't think some of you have breathed since I started. Amen. There are a few, oh, maybe a couple weeks ago, my wife and I like to watch vintage shows. Vintage. We're vintage, and so therefore we like vintage. Amen. Amen. And so we were watching one of the first episodes of Family Feud. Does everybody know who, what Family Feud is? Way before he got sick. Amen. And it was entertainment. Amen. One of the questions for their survey was this What nations, and it, I better read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. Uh, name a country that is an enemy to world peace. Name a country that is an enemy to world peace. Amen. Well, one said Iran. Yeah, I agree. Amen. Another said Iraq. Yes, I agree. Another said Lebanon. Lebanon. Don't hear much from Lebanon anymore, but, you know, still out there. You never know what they're doing. Another one said Russia. Yes, I agree. What startled me was that no one said China, which actually probably is our biggest threat. What even astounded me more was that Israel was on that list. When I said, I told him, will you look at that? Amen. Why? Because they will not compromise. They have a covenant with God. They know what's theirs. I'm not saying they've been totally blameless through the centuries. Of course not. But they take very seriously what they have now, their homeland that they've had since, what, 1948, I think. Something like that. Amen? Did you know that every boy, girl of... 18 or older, it it is mandatory for them to be in the military. No exceptions. Or you go to prison. Amen. They take it seriously. Why is that? Because they are teaching the next generation how to war. Because they need to know how. Amen. Amen. It's important enough that they do that. Amen. I don't see anything wrong with it. Amen. Because, see, they don't get involved in wars that don't pertain to them. The United States, they want to be the caretaker of the world. They'll go fight any, anywhere, anytime. Amen? But for Israel, it's about their borders being protected. Their citizens living a good, prosperous life. That's all they care about. And they're doing a real good job at it. Amen? Now, they've had some who've tried to give land for peace. One of them... I think God actually wanted their prime ministers God actually had taken out. I can't remember which one it is now, it don't really even matter. Amen. But he is ups and dies. Hallelujah. But they got a good strong one now. Amen. Aren't you glad you came tonight for this history lesson? <laughs> Amen. It's all about that. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for and protected. That's our job. Then after we do, then we give it to the next generation and teach them how to do exactly what we've done. Amen. That goes for our religious freedoms. Amen. Amen we got to do what's right in the sight of God. And God will protect us and God will be with us. He'll make sure we win. Amen? You'll never lose a battle holding on to God. Never. Amen? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.